lightning. Inspirational. Inspirational. Powerfully refining. Powerfully refining. And unapologetically controversial. Conversations with the Royal Impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your queendom and become the Royal Empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the Royal Empress. Now Akima, she's the analytical Empress. Akima, she's the Empress that will challenge you. Now, straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversation with the Royal Empress. Welcome back to season two of Conversations with the Royal Empress. This is Dr. Hakima, and joining me is my tribe member and co-host of Royal Empress, Akila. Hey. Akila, you want to say what's up? Okay, hey. all right. <laughs> joining us, we have a very, very special co-host, a sister we've been trying to bring on for a minute, but she's been making power moves. We're able to get her on now. Margaret Moffley. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Margaret after she says hello to the audience. Oh, greetings to all of you all. It's an honor to be with Dr. Hakima Jihad and Sister Akila on the Royal Empress. I'm very excited. Greetings to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. See, I know, audience, I know you all can feel her spirit. Man, this sister has a beautiful spirit. I just wanted y'all to be able to just, just feel a little bit of it. Let me give you an intro of our sister. Margaret Moffey is an educator, a student, a producer, playwright, and artistic director and founder of Mati Theater Company. I know, know y'all heard of Mati Theater Company because I know you heard of the Bronzeville musical. It's just been the most talked about play in Chicago. So I just had to just give that shout out, that plug. You're gonna hear more about what Margaret is doing a little later. But I wanna get to our, our topic uh, discussion today for episode number three of season two. Our topic is treasure hunt, finding your hidden gift. In your own words, Kayla or, or Margaret, either one of you all can answer the question, but just what, what, what are your thoughts when you hear that, a treasure hunt and finding your hidden gifts? What does that mean to you? Um, I think a treasure hunt is something that is specially crafted by God because we are his treasures and he has given each human being a significant specialized gift to share with the world and it is a blessing as it says in scripture when one finds his or her purpose in life you know that your your gifts your talents um, whatever it is that God has gifted us with we are an extension of him so it's very um, prized it's a treasure it's special and when you're on the journey a constant journey trying to locate what it is, how to do it, what is my purpose? And when we finally connect to that and with that, it shows that we are on the pathway of God and that we are answering what he has placed for us to do before we even came into the world. So I just feel like treasure hunt 
Um, you know, overall, it's just the pathway of discovery of self, your purpose, and living that life purpose to the full, to the fullest. That's what I, that's what I feel when I hear treasure hunt, discovering your gifts. But um, for me, finding that hidden treasure is really tapping it. When you, when you're on that treasure hunt to find that hidden gift, you're actually on the search for God. I mean, it, it's, it's. I'll give you an example. And you have people who, their way of finding their hidden gift is finding what other people are doing. And I see that a lot. I'm like, you have one person start a business on uh, doing products, skin products. And then you have 20 other people doing the same thing. And that's not really finding your hidden gift. You're not really treasure hunting within. You're looking externally to find your gift. And you're trying to find it in what other people are doing. That's not finding your gift. Because those people are not the gift, true gift giver. The true gift giver is Almighty God Allah. So you can't find your gift by looking at somebody else. And that's mm-hmm. the issue. So many people are trying to find their gift in someone else. Being able to self-reflect, dig deep, ask questions to why you're here. Why did God create me? What purpose do I serve? That's very special in, in self-discovery. And... Um, once we locate that gift, being able to execute when we discover that gift. Discovering our hidden gifts is definitely uh, something that is an internal thing and that we shouldn't look outside of ourselves for something that is God-given. You know, now sometimes there are things outside of ourselves though that may spark what's already inside. I don't take away from that aspect of it either, that, that there are, sometimes it takes something outside to spark the inside anyway, and to go, oh, wow, okay, that's what I've been missing. Because sometimes we're struggling to figure out what it is, and we just need that nudge. And I think sometimes, there's, be it a person, a thing, or whatever, can, can bring out of you what has been lying dormant. So we, you know, that, that's, the, that's the only place that I look at when I think of what externally can help for us to find what we're looking for. So that's kind of my thought process on it. Mm. See, I got me look within and just don't want to look with that. And so I can find some more creativity. That is, that is man, that, that was so on point sis, that you said that. Um, this is why it, it ties into why arts in school are so important. Because when you're young, you're able to participate in different artistic um, projects or events in school that allows you to take the mirror and turn it inward so that you can find that inner gift. Uh, Sister Margaret, how important do you feel that arts in school, how important do you think that is to finding your hidden gift? Yes, it's extremely, extremely important because children are innocent and they're naturally imaginative beings. And it's really up to those of us who have been blessed to touch the arts and expression and the performing world to introduce that to them without any restrictions, without making them feel less than or insecure. We should give them the tools to feel as free as they are because it's in the children 
that the answers to a lot of our prayers are present. So I am an educator. I've been teaching for nearly 20 years. I, um, well, I have, I've left the Board of Education to pursue that ultimate or another major gift, which is the performing arts. But teaching is also a gift. And as I was in the classroom for so many years, I really was blessed through God to capture the children's minds because of the performing, the performing world, storytelling, poetry, dance. It gives each child an avenue to be who they are without any type of uh, ridicule, punishment. It's like be you, and then they grow into becoming stronger, confident human beings. And what I find in the performing world, we work with a lot of damaged, insecure beings, but that start from childhood. So if we could really rally around our children and give them the hope, the love, the freedom of expression, and keep that going and give them the encouragement, be all you can be, don't apologize for who you are, take charge, take flight, they become a new, you know, become a new adult. They become, they become what the world needs. So the performing arts, the artistic expression is, I believe, number one. That's equal to that of spiritual growth. That, I mean, it, it's, it's one and the same, in, in my opinion. I was, like, you know I love the theater. And that has been my outlet for a very, very long time. And it developed in me as a young child. And, and, and it's a reality. And so I, I go back to, um, I want to say like the third grade, I believe, I was in. And we had a teacher who we acted things out. So when I tell people, and, and a lot of things that pertain to us as Black people, and a lot of my peers were looking at me like, really? And so I was telling them how, when I was younger, we did the debate between W.E.V. Du Bois and Booker T. Washington. But we didn't read it. We acted it out. You know, there was another time when, remember the, the signifying monkey? And we literally acted out the signifying monkey. The teacher had a ladder in the classroom. And the boy that played the monkey climbed up. He was on top of uh, climbing up the, on the ladder when he was signifying to the lion. I mean, it's so, but I remember that. And how many classrooms are the teachers really taking the lesson, but allowing the children to perform the lesson? I think it's a completely different way of educating, but you're using the arts to educate. But guess what? How long has it been since I was in the third grade and I remember it to this day? I know the story of the signifying monkey still. I don't believe I would have known it had they not added that aspect of performance to it. Mm -hmm. Total agreement. Total agreement. And when some, well, when my principals would ask me, Ms. Mockdy, how come your scores? your class structure, your this or that in your classroom environment is excellent. What are you doing? It's because of what you just said, Sister Akila. 
I use that. Uh, I've been blessed to learn how to channel the arts to teach all children from black, Hispanic, white. They take hold because their minds are free. Um, they're, they're, they're innocent, they're imaginative. So to be able to incorporate that in the, uh, in the teaching lessons is really a plus. And now you're, you, when you were describing that, you took us back to that third grade child, you know? So it, it just shows the power in it. It's powerful. And, and also it's a wave of the new, the new reality of teaching, even in, um, even, it, I mean, beyond the classroom, it, it, you know, that's the new wave, you know, you, you, what we've been taught, more people can gravitate towards a song, a poem, a play, as opposed to the, the minister in a mosque or church, you know, it, 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 it rejuvenates, it, it keeps it um, refreshing. So, yeah, I agree. I, and I bear witness. There's some powerful stuff right here. Um, now, in this day and age right now, we have our children sitting at home. So, I mean, they can't really, you know, utilize. They can, and that they can't be in that school environment where they can really get, they can really express themselves artistically. What are your thoughts on that? And how can art, artistry be incorporated in that type of setting? If really, you just gave me an idea uh, perhaps, you know, I would love to reach out to schools that I've taught to see if there could be a session held, if there is a storytelling session. Um, I know that CPS just started school this past Monday, and they're doing a lot of the Zoom and um, conferencing online. But if we can incorporate a segment of storytelling or some creative writing just to continue that that um you know continue on that momentum that it will do a lot because everyone is now at home and you know children are not connected to their peers anymore so we have a lot ahead of us to work on and to work towards especially in such dire time in fact that in fact that's one of my um, my moment of deep reflect, trying to find out how to keep this thing going in a time of darkness where people are still inspired, but not doing it in the sake of, let me make sure the brand is still alive, but really doing it because it's a tool to heal, it's a tool to connect, it's a tool to uplift. You know, taking the vanity part out of it and making it, you know, making it worthwhile making those human connections. That's pretty much the space I've been in for these past, for this past month or so. So it's so much artistry out there, but it's so much artistry with so much vanity in it. So it's so hard to sift between that healing art, artistry than that vain artistry is so difficult. Now, so, so I'm gonna ask you this. I mean, for th those people who are um, trying to find genuine healing artistic art form that's being demonstrated out there what what would be your advice to them i would uh i'm doing it right now for myself with rebuilding restructuring reanalyzing my why um connecting to my power of my intentions and i think it's something that you just organically feel 
You know, it's like when you're watching a program or reading a book, if you feel it and that's where you are in that space, you're going to immediately know that this is um, a platform that is of service, it's a platform of inspiration, it's a platform of healing, and not still trying to keep up in the hype of what this world's life has brought it at that time, because now we're shifting in a whole new realm of performance. And um, I'm ready with the permission and his help of God to transition also. So this is why I was sharing with you sisters earlier that the only way I can find that is in the space of being quiet and really just making sure that my intentions are reflective of God's purpose in this time and beyond. So I think any of us can really connect to it by purging ourselves and really latching on to people that you really feel. You're like, I feel her. I feel him. I feel this project. And I think that's how that, that wave of connection begins. That's just my, that's just the space that I'm in right now. The world that we know it is definitely changing. Um, we're moving, as the scholars say, we're moving in the, in the time of Aquarius, where uh, the wisdom of the universe, the wisdom of our ancestors is being unleashed into the public. And now what was hidden from us is no longer hidden from us. So we are moving into a new way of thinking. We are moving into a new way of practicing where we do need to incorporate arts. That's part of our culture. We go way back in Africa. Artistry is very important, a very big part of our culture and a very big part of our spirituality. Thank you, my sister, for tying that spirituality into that art form. Now, we talk about children, but, I mean, at this day and time, the same rules that apply to our children, we apply to the adults. We have adults working jobs, and that's really not their calling. What are your thoughts on that, sister? Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you know, equal to that, to the children, to the young and the old. Um, again, having that one-on-one -on -one dialogue with the creator, whatever we call him by, and, and seeking that answer of what do we do next, and seeking his permission to move out on our calling. Because ultimately, if we do not do it, we will be held accountable and we will suffer in life. So something has to give. And it's just about making an intelligent decision, um, creating an outline. I believe it starts first with dialogue with the creator, asking the when, the how, how do I do it? Who do I connect with? And working your prayers. And, you know, in creating that outline, just stepping out on faith and, and, and not do it like a lot of people will say, well, I just quit my job. You know what? Okay. If that worked for you and other people say, like Sister Keela mentioned earlier about being very structured and organized. Some people say, no, I need, a, I need a plan. So whatever works best for you, it always stems from faith. And I feel like if it's your calling, your calling, as it says in scripture, will make way for you. It will provide for you. It's just stepping out there, first identifying what it is and stepping out there to do it. Because you suffer. We suffer when we do not surrender to that calling. And it has to be divinely guided. It cannot be what you said, Dr. Hakima, based upon what somebody wants you to do, keeping up with some Joneses. It has to be really centered from within. And when you feel it or when I feel it, we need to move because who knows what tomorrow will bring. We may not be able to live to say, I did my calling. How many people have died, did not surrender to the call? 
and they died unhappy. Yes, they may have had a big home or a car, but did they really live a purpose, a life of fulfillment? So this is where this platform and other platforms can encourage that. Step out, whether you have a plan, whether it's sporadic, whatever it is, because I don't, I don't want to uh, speak to just leave your job. I don't know what a person's situation is, but I, I will say communicate with the God, identify it, and do what your calling tells you to do. So, because if not, you live an unsatisfied life. And this is where a lot of insecurities, envy, uh, self-hatred, a lot of that comes in because you're not living your life purpose. Sis, we're going to have to add minister in there to what, what you do, because you are ministering today, my sister. You know, if you are an example of someone who has found their gift by putting community first, by putting God first, it, you know, a good way to find, for a lot of people to find their gift is to see what is needed in your community and be like, oh, I could provide this instead of doing what everyone else is doing. Oh, sister, you done brought so much spirituality to the arts, I'm telling you. This is where I want to go into, uh, I want to ask you a question. Um, what is um, the, the Mati Theater Company doing right now or, or what would be done in the near future? Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Hakima. Right before the um, lock-in or the shutdown took place, we were aggressively working on Bronzeville the Musical, restructuring that production, making it more um, meaningful, adding more life color structure to it because we've been doing a lot of study of other Broadway shows. Like we studied uh, Hamilton, we studied The Wiz, we studied uh, a variety of productions and we identified what our show was missing. So we said, hey, we want this production, the story of our ancestors, black people who built this country we want to add all of the bells and whistles to the structuring of the show, to the structuring of the script. So with that, there was a pin placed in this global pandemic, and it put a pin in our working. So right now, we are doing like hundreds of thousands of people doing. We are on our weekly Zoom meetings. We're still moving along the course. So just to share with your audience, we are in, still in format, still in transition of presenting Be the Will of God, a world-class musical about the migration, the why it took place, and how this is a story of love, hope, and healing. And that's the goal. And, and from that production, we're hoping to streamline other stories but we really wanted to get this one right. Sometimes our hands can get so many different pots. And it's like, look, focus on your thing and, and nail that and then transition to the next, transition to the next. But right now, Bronzeville the Musical is our um, golden child, so to speak. And we thank the ancestors. You said something so amazing, Dr. Hakima, when you said that this is the time that the universe has opened where the unveiling of the ancestors, their wisdom, their story, their pains is being unfolded before our eyes. We're in that vein. So we want to do them justice and we want to do their, their story justice. So this, this is what we, what we have been working on um, for some time now. I just want to add that 
I saw Bronzeville, the musical, and I thought it was a phenomenal um, performance. And so I'm just excited to know that you guys are working to, to, to make it even greater than it already was. And so that's, that's like music to my ears anyway. So it, it is. And, and I think it is just when I, when I watched it, it really brought me back, you know, to thinking about how our ancestors or, and, and not just ancestors, because our parents, um, grandparents were part of that migration and part of that whole, and, and I'm like, an, I am a fan of the Harlem Renaissance era, period. So to even see that, like that just, man, you know, to see those performers in your performance, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Wow, that's all. Praise God. Well, we were so excited about the story and excited about the ancestors for giving us a story to tell. And you are absolutely right, Sister Keela, just members in our own home. Uh, my grandmother, you know, my grandmother is uh, only 73, and she has a story about migrating from Mount Bayou, Mississippi, to come up to Chicago. So it's such a story of relevance and connection and all people can benefit from witnessing the story of the migration. So that's what we're working on now. Now I've got to go to our challenges. It's time for us to challenge. So much wisdom was said here that we have to have challenges. The first one is look within. You cannot look without externally for your hidden gifts. You got to look within. Um, the second challenge is create that environment where our children can be free to express who they are so that they can find their hidden gifts. And that only that don't only apply to just our children, that apply to each other. That's a create an environment of family and friends where everyone can be free to express themselves. We don't need all these clones walking around that we continue to see every day because they, they're not comfortable being who they really, really are. Second challenge, is, I mean, the third challenge is, we have to tie spirituality into our artistry. You can't do it without making God the center. So I don't know. That maybe that's why we're seeing all this nonsense that's out there because God is not the true center. And then we want to say, this is the way I express my art. Yeah, that garbage. That ain't art. <laughs> so those were my challenges. But thank you, sister, for being a great example of what tying spirituality into art form, what it's supposed to look like. And we really appreciate that. Now, can you give our, our audience um, some information on how they can find you on social media and give us the last word? Absolutely. Again, beloved sisters, thank you for having me on your show. And I would like to share with your audience to look for up and coming uh, dates and future events. We can be located on the MACD Theater Company Facebook page. Instagram and or Twitter, um, and that's M-A-H-D-I Theater Company or Instagram. And I just want to encourage everyone, let us keep God in the front and let this be a moment of deep reflection and making sure that we serve a purpose greater than ourselves, that, you know, the, the, the universe is calling for healing and it's up to us to grant that healing. So again, I'm honored to be able to share just a few words as I'm growing and becoming a better Margaret in this time. Because it forced, you know, hardship forces you to do such. 
So I, I appreciate being able to connect with like minds and spirit and energy. Thank you. Do you have a website, sis, that where people can find oh, you? Yes, I do. Thank you. We have com. Okay, that was simple enough. But I tell people, I'll be on your page all the time on the, 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 the Mafi Theater Company Facebook page. There's so much creativity and art form on there, people. I need you to go check it out. You will be on there all day, like scrolling, like, oh my God. Then you'll scroll to the next one, oh my God. It's so much artistry on there. So I, I challenge the listeners to go on and to also find you on your other social media sites. Thank you again, sis, and we got to bring you back on in the future because, oh, my God, you dropping. I, I know there's some more treasures in there that we have not accessed. I know this. I want to thank our listening audience for always tuning in. Thank you for returning with us on season two and join us on our next episode. Peace and blessings. Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Impress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Impress, please visit the website royalimpress.org. You can also follow the Royal Impress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Impress is a subsidiary of the Royal Impress organization. All rights reserved.